Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bowlology Report. It's Damien Fleming here. We're going to go through all the sporting events of the week India one up in the one day series against the Aussies. We're going to go through that and give it a thumbs up and thumbs down. Talk about a true gentleman of cricket who passed away during the week, 70 years of age, Bob Dutchy Holland. What a lovely man. Also, we're going to talk about a new Indian cricket hero, big time crickets back to Pakistan and our guide to sporting warm ups. And also Bradley Hodge will do his social media self-promoter award. And talking about the great man, uh, he wore the number 17 with distinction for Australia white ball cricket. Bradley Hodge, welcome to the Bollology Report again. Don Fling, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Now, I was the original number 17 for Australia. Mm. I think they come with numbers maybe in the mid-90s. Do you know how many other boys have worn 17 on their back? Yeah, um, and I think it was... I was lucky enough to receive it from you straight from Victorian to Victorian. And Keep I reckon it with the Vicks. Yeah, I reckon the current, even though he's not a Victorian, Marcus Stoinis, who is originally from Western Australia, has represented Australia with a number 17 on his back, and he's done it pretty well so far as well. Well, I think uh, we've got a couple of hundreds between us. I didn't really help with that. Um, right. Hey, I'll tell you what, there was a third bloke with number 17 on the back, and it was in T20 cricket right. at the Wacker. You were playing number 17, and the nickname D-Ball, Dodgeball, was there. Yep. There was a young man who was playing for Western Australia at the time, Luke Pommersback, who I think had just turned up to the game to have a few beers with his mates. Yep. He ended up playing. Why? What happened to you? Jeez, I would never have picked that, actually, Luke Pommersback. <laughs> oh, look, now that you've brought that back to my memory, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty tough day for me, actually. I... um. You're spot on. Luke Pommer's back was just at the Wacker. Uh, excited to have a few cans with his mates. Good man, uh, good mates with Sean Marsh. Yep, and, and was walking through the car park when uh, the current selector at that time, the great Murph Hughes, runs down and sees Luke in the car park, <laughs> brings him up because the, the, the current number 17 was lying on the floor with back spasms. Uh, I missed the game for Australia, actually physically putting my pants on. So so what happened? You're feeling okay? I'm feeling You're great. Done put the, warm the pants up. on. Yep, and just uh, just a complete lock-up in, in L4 or L5, just a complete back spasm right on the disc, and and that was it. Couldn't actually – I went to bend over to put my pants on. <laughs> um, not one of the highlights of my cricketing life, actually. 
and uh, unfortunately couldn't take the field. And it was one of their moments where I was actually devastated because it was pretty close to the last game they ever played for Australia, actually. And I, I sort of needed to play the game, but um, fate has it that I didn't take the field and Luke Pommer's back went in. He whacked a couple of runs, too. I think he might have got 20-odd, I reckon. I think it was his only game, too. He, yeah. he lit up the big bash in BBL3 or something for the Brisbane Heat. They, yep. they virtually won on the back of his batting yeah, and yeah. now uh, gave it away. Had some uh, issues there. We actually had 135 votes on the vote, and guess what? 45% of them got the wrong. They went with three. three I'm assuming right. they would have went myself, you and Marcus yep. Stoinis. Yep. But for the 8%, uh, I'm not sure 8% of 135 votes is probably about... 8% of 135. 10. 10 votes, maybe. <laughs> you guys. There's no awards at this stage. Hey, um, let's get into the week it was in sport uh, India beat Australia in the first one-day international in Chennai. Rain affected. It's We still haven't worked out the perfect scenario um, for rain-affected games. They scored 7 for 281. They were 5 for 87. And Hardik Panya and uh, Mr. Cool, MS Dhoni, 83 and 79 respectively, got them to 281. Nathan Kultanile, good to see him back. We'll talk about him in a sec. 3 for 44. Then we were chasing down 164 in 21 overs, and it was uh, really maxi 39 off 18 balls. Uh, James Faulkner 32 at the end. Yep. Uh, the leggy Chahal yep. three for 30, and that was it. I'm not sure if you saw much of the game, Hodgie, but at five for 87, I thought the Aussies were in for an early night. I did see. I actually missed the start, and I saw this uh, Pandya and and Dhoni. Uh, partnership and it was it was outstanding batting actually to come in five for eighty seven and that's probably one of the things where India has improved over the last few years is their their tail end or mid to late tail has really done well for them. Uh, you know, newcomer Pandya into the side got a hundred in a Test series not long ago. Um, even Bhuvanesh Kumar, you know, can whack the fifty in the last series. So these guys are really starting to mix it with um, with the Aussies in terms of you know tail skill. Probably would have been five out all out a few years ago, but they've really worked hard on their. They've batting. got batting depth. No, I, they, I like that. They have. And it's interesting. Hodgy Stephen Smith was said after the game. When I see one sixty four of twenty one, I go, "We're home and hose here. Ten wickets. It's a T twenty game." But yep. it was interesting in those wet conditions. Stephen Smith talked about with the two new balls, which you have in 50-over cricket, that, that made it hard. Yeah, I'm not sure. He's obviously clear on what his thoughts were, but I sort of disagree with that. I would have thought on, on a slowing Chennai wicket, two new balls chasing down T20 score would be exactly what you're after. Or coming on to the bat more. Yeah, you want the ball coming on. Um, and Chennai generally does slow down over the course of the day. You could see it start to turn. So, I mean, if that was a dusty old ball, it would have spun even more and Chahal may have got four or five. But I like it. Um, one of the games which you probably think got away from Australia at 5 for 87, uh, thought it was probably going to be a clinical Australian um, victory, uh, but unfortunately not to be. No, excellent partnership there. What about thumbs up? Welcome back. Um, not welcome back, Cutter. Welcome back, Nathan Coulton. Welcome back, no, Cutter, yes. Isn't that Horshack? Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, he's been unlucky with, with the injuries. It's all about injuries, though. I mean, he... He spoke in the interview afterwards. He feared that his career was over. So he's done both hammies, both shoulders. Yep. And then last year, 
was actually a back injury, which at 28 years of age is quite old to, to get a back injury like that. I actually saw him in the Australian under-17s when I was coaching at the academy. He was the AIS volleyballer. Volleyballer. So he, he had always had a nice wow. run-up, but he used to actually jump straight in the air like he's spiking the ball okay. and then bowled it. <laughs> but we've got one of the talents back because um, what worked well for him, um, and he's been a fine T20 bowler, it was the wider outswinger mm. and got the Indians chasing at the ball. Um, and he's one of those bowlers, Hodgie, I've seen in domestic cricket that, that, that pins batsmen with an older ball off a short length. And, and that is a great skill to have. You know, he obviously comes right over the top. He's got an unusual wrist. I think he's very, very wispy. He is. And I reckon that's where he gets that extra bounce and pace from. But have you faced him much at domestic I've, level? I've faced him and he, he scares me. He's, he's one of those guys which, um, I think one of the good things is he's a tremendous athlete, Nathan Coulter. He's good in the field. He looks, he's got a marvelous run up. It looks skillful. He, he looks like the type of guy that could play, you know, on the, on the back line for the Eagles. Um, just that type just of running skillful, off the halfback flank, I reckon. Something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure what his kicking skills are like, but he's obviously a pretty good marker if he can be good at volleyball. Yep. Um, he'd be pretty handy at beach volleyball too. I would have thought he's pretty rigged up. That'd be a good warm-up game. We'll good warm-up game. Um, but, look, I think what I really liked about this was the planning. I, I would have thought that the fast outswinger, wide of the stumps to um, Ajinka Rahane to try and get him to chase out there, and also the skip of Virat Kohli. Um, look, the plan's worked. Good line to those two. They're very good, fine batsmen. Very good. And that's their areas they really traditionally don't want to play in early. So that's good management, good stuff, and, and, and an unbelievably good catch from Maxi. Oh, Maxi, that was unbelievable, particularly our Stephen Smith dropped one just before yeah. that. Um, Mr. Number 17 himself, proud yes. of our boy, Marcus Stoinis. He's, he's bowling. Um, his change-ups are very good. You know, his bounce has got pace. He bowls that curve ball. It's not quite like Malinga's, but, yeah. it, but it's excellent. Um, good account of himself with the ball. Yeah, and that's that's – one of the things that was a good product of him playing in Indian Premier League for a couple of seasons as well, knowing that change of pace is critical. Uh, and, he, and well done, he's taken those skills over in the one-day game and and now is a genuine option, you know, for Steve Smith to use. You know, at any time during the game, he can still bowl a heavy ball with the yeah. new one. Um, so that could come into play. But, you know, 10 really solid overs from Marcus Stoinis. And, and, and we all know that he can whack him with a bat too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like us all, number 17 for Australia. We're all, oh, we all whack him and, and handy with the ball too. Yep. Thumbs down. I didn't like our – once we'd, we'd got them five down, a lot of, you know, full-length, good-length deliveries, particularly when they started to attack. And that, and that goes from, from the quicker bowlers like Faulkner and, and Coulton Isle when they come back and, and Cummins, uh, but also Zamps when he got hit for those three sixes. You know, they were right in the slot. And it was interesting he got Pandya – once he bowled a bit shorter and a bit quicker. Yeah, well, he doesn't really bowl those lengths in T20. He probably hasn't played a 50-over game for a while. Um, you know, bowling spin to the Indians is, is traditionally pretty hard. But, but he's um, clever. I, I like those. Yeah, it it's... seems to, um, when they want to attack, he doesn't give you room. Like he, he spears it into leg yep. side and it's fuller than that good length. Or, 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 or he bowls it slower and wider. Yeah, he seemed to forget the slow and wide one, um, which is exactly what Chahal did to a couple of the Aussies, and, his, and Maxwell spoon won the short short point. That's a really good 
I call it negative bowling, but it's actually positive when a when a batsman's looking to score fours or sixes. That that wide looping leg spinner that spins and bounces is an actual really good wicket taking ball yeah. or defensive wicket taking ball. Something that he didn't look at, or he was probably trying to be aggressive and trying to get wickets. I suppose one more wicket and you're six down. But what a partnership! Hartik Pandya is is uh, a super talent, um, and. Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll get on to him in a minute. minute. Yeah. So I've got a little scenario for him. But, um, you know, the death bowling wasn't great. The other thing is, too, I cut him a bit of slack because they haven't been playing a lot yeah. of cricket. And, and when you're a death bowler, you've got to be right on and you've got to nail your Yorkers, but you almost need two lines for those, don't you? Off stump and then outside off stump. Um, you know, James Faulkner, it, it is a chance for him to nail that position. Mm. Um, so he, this is a big series for James Faulkner. It's huge. Uh, this is going to be a career-defining um, series. And unfortunately, you know, he's been given that role by the skipper. And, you know, the skipper went pretty hard and he bowled Coulton out early and um, pressed hard. They only had a couple left at the back end. So he's pressed for wickets, and unfortunately they didn't come, and then it's exposed Jimmy at the back end. And uh, I've seen him get taken down by Mahendra Singh Dhoni a few times, and I reckon that that matchup just wasn't a good one. So hopefully Jimmy can find himself with slightly better matchups, but if he's going to face MSD on that sort of fire late in, in an innings, he's he's going to be in big trouble. Yeah, okay. So they need, need some options at the death there. At the start of the innings... On his debut, Hilton Cartwright, well done on your debut there. But yep. opening up, I thought that was an interesting scenario. I don't think he opens for the the Warriors. Um, no. And someone like Travis Head scored 100, opening the batting. So, I mean, if you're going to be a dominant one-day team, you've got to have a good opening pair. Look, maybe they were just parking in there because maybe Aaron Finch's injury to his calf's not too bad and he might be back in sooner as possible. Maybe they don't want to upset, you know, Travis Head at number four. But yeah, he's done it before. I think India is such a tough place to travel for the first time and it's a real pressure cooker and you don't want to walk away from that series, you know, under pressure. And if Hilton Cartwright clunks a couple of times, which, you know, he, well, he could well do... Then, um, you know, he's under pressure again next time he plays. Well, you're under the pressure and then you drop down to six and all of a sudden you're starting against spin. Yes. Something you haven't faced. Which it's it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah, and I thought he did a good job in that in Bangladesh with that. So he came and he whacked a couple in the, in the second test. I thought that would have been a role for him, which yeah, he's probably comfortable with. Um, but maybe it's like what you were saying. It's a like, you know, they sent, they want him to get after him like Aaron Finch. And, yeah. Um, he's certainly a strong hitter of the ball, but. I always think long term. You've got to have, and also a opening pair that's feared. You well, know, you got the new ball in your hand. You're 100%. going, oh god! Even if I get a single, yeah, it's got the other bloke up strike. Um, geez, I'm under the pump the whole time here. Yeah, look, maybe we're getting a little bit too funky with matchups and having a left hander in the middle there to combat, you know, left arm orthodox or wrist spin. But I would have thought if Travis Head and, and and David Warner are 50 each and we're none for 100 and you bring in on any spinner. It Trouble. doesn't matter who it is. You're going to be aggressive and you're going to put the other side under under some pressure. So I would have, I would have liked to see Travis head open, especially in the form that he's been in recently as well. Um, good player and possibly could be pressing for you know, even test match selection. They're the guys you want to give yep. a real good opportunity to. Okay, next one is India's got a new hero, Hodgie. They have. Hardik Panja. 
He's got the uh, he's a fast bowling all rounder or or a batting fast bowler, whatever way you want to take that. He smashed him everywhere. Sixty six ball, eighty three. Got a test hundred this year. I've seen him in the IPL. He's got the cool hairstyle. I think he's yep. got an earring in there. For me, everything says I'm not sure about his um, how penetrating he'll be with the red ball in test match cricket. But um, I tell you what, those three sixes off Zampa just exemplified where this guy is, and I can see how the Indian public will just love him. Oh, they love him all right. He's super cool, and he's uh, he's a fast Ferrari, isn't he? He's, he looks good at the crease. He's got the flash hairstyle, um, very athletic, good at gunning the field, bowls a quick ball. And, and competitive, isn't he? Very competitive. Ball, very competitive. Look, I like this. I think he'll develop in Test Match Trigger into the likes of a Shane Watson, that can be quite aggressive with the ball for 12 or 13 overs in a game, pick up a couple of wickets here and there, and, you know, he'll just support this. What's he like with the DRS? What's he like um, with that? Well, probably not as he found it a bit hard. Didn't he? Well, he didn't find it hard. I think the other 10 players in the game found it hard because what I would pretty much use the DRS every time he got hit on the play. Talking to Chris Rogers, Bucky, Bucky <laughs>, laughs. I think it's what he tells at corporate nights now is Bucky burned him a couple of times. Yeah, just said, or did he, yeah, go on, <laughs> <laughs> No, he was never short of not giving – if he got wrapped on the pads, what I, he was definitely Probably going the down, DRS. mate. Even if it was missing by at least a foot, what I was asking the question. Oh, look, to be honest, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> if I'm at the top of the order and the opportunity is there, to, oh, I'm definitely going for you it. got to put premium on top order wickets, though. Yeah, I would Having have it. thought so. You don't want to waste DRS than the number nine or ten. Um, what about MS Stoney walked out the bat and there was a bit of me going, oh, he's still playing. Because yeah. he retired from Test Match Cricket out here a couple of summers ago. And um, I was... Part of me was surprised that he, he went out there, but for me, he, he's still a weapon. You know, he's taken that Michael Bevan finisher and taken it to a new level, which probably Mr. Cricket did for Australia there as well. And he's got, you know, he has had genuine power, innovation. And one thing I was surprised about Hodgie commentating the IPL, going down for some interviews late in the innings, was how quick he was between the stumps. He's like uh, between the wickets. Absolutely. He was, every time there was a two, he'd run to the danger area. He, he'd get there. Yeah. So he's the, almost a complete package at that um, death batting zone. Yeah, and and it's 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 important turning those half you know half twos into comfortable twos gets your scoring rate up. He's uh, there's no doubt his firepower is is there. We saw that. Um, you know, at the end there when he spashed Jimmy over the fence a couple of times. I think that his role is very much determined on the state of the game. I don't think he's as damaging as what he once was, where he could walk to the crease and hit a six first yeah. ball. I think his game's changed a little bit where I think he just needs 10 to 12 balls to get himself in. And, you know, if he can have that time and buy that time, if the game situation allows that, um he he can be as destructive as anyone at the end. Uh, he's a top, you know we need to we need to get him out early. We we can't have that luxury of giving him fifteen to twenty balls. So to would get you would in. you ring it up against him straight away? Absolutely, just to put pressure on that big shot because he doesn't want to play. But well, if he's got time, obviously yeah. if he comes in with five overs. Yeah, look, that's just my perception of what I've seen during the last couple of IPLs, and you know he's just. Worked himself into the game. That's definitely a tactic which Australia could well do. (laughs) 
you know, a real gentleman of Australian cricket passed away during the week, Bob Dutchie Holland at 70 years of age. Um, and obviously our thoughts are with the, the Holland family. You know, I had the opportunity to, um, go away on a, on a tour to the Chiang Mai Sixers with him in 1996. Yep. I remember when he got picked as a kid, you know, it's an interesting story. He's from Newcastle. First class cricket debuted at thirty two, debuted for Australia at thirty eight, and I remember Imagine as a that kid. that happened now? I just going. It's just unheard of. Why is this old man playing for Australia? <laughs> and back then, um, bowling these lovely loopy um, leg spinners, and you know he had the wrong in there as well, and um, took ten wickets against uh, the West Indies in 1980, and I was just watching the YouTube highlights of him getting those 10 wickets. But I tell you what, if you get onto YouTube and watch that that Sydney test in 1985 against the West Indies, Murray Bennett, the left-arm orthodox for Australia, only played a few tests, he gets Sir Vivian Richards with the best arm ball, <laughs> the best arm ball I've ever seen. Sir Viv, play, you know, assuming it's going to spin away, yeah. backs away to hit him through the covers, and, and it's a beautiful in-swing and knocks him over. But nice. that was back in the time in the mid-'80s, Hodgie, when... Australian cricket wasn't dominant, but you know you could always rely on the last test in Sydney. Yeah, it'd be a turner. We'd play three spinners and Absolutely. we'd win. Absolutely, and we win. I think we beat England in a similar scenario, but um, I'm not sure if you um, can remember. You would have been quite. No, young. I didn't see much of Dutchie Holland. Uh, I think my first taste of one of the greats was the great Peter Taylor when he came into One Day Cricket. Yeah, that was probably a couple um, of years later. Yeah, yeah, I. I but what I read on social media and Twitter and that, there was a lot of lovely, kind messages for Dutchie Holland. So as you mentioned, must have been a great guy and has touched many people around Australia and the creating world, which is great. So um, no, it's, it's, it is good fun when you hear about those stories about these legends and, and what they've achieved for Australia. So there they are. just loved him. Uh, they All the him. teammates loved him. And we went away, you know, at Chiang Mai Sixers, as I said, and, yeah. um, you know, older player. Tom Hogan uh, organised it, the Western yeah. Australian left arm. What a character Hogan is. Uh, you know, Jeff Lawson, John Dyson, uh, Warwick Adler. I think he played a couple Warwick of games Adler. for News the yeah. Wick. Yeah. And they got a couple of younger blokes, me and one of our better cricketing mates, uh, the recluse these days, Ian Harvey. Oh, Harv, yep. And uh, the freak, I was living with Harves at this stage, so he was in peak um, Harveyville, you know, like he was uh, enjoying life. Mm. He was just, he might not have played for Australia at this time, um, but I was rooming with him in Richmond and with Jeff Allardyce, yes. who's second in charge, I think, at Great the ICC Joffa. now. Yes. Very different personalities. Joffa was working, he was an engineer at that stage, uh, I was doing a little bit of work, whereas Harves was pretty settled at home. Yeah. Had a good cover drive, Joffa. The, the cover drive that went through square leg. Yeah, that's it. And then he had the whip through mid-wicket that went through <laughs> cover, didn't he? Murph Hughes used to yeah. reenact, that, reenact that all the time. But Joffa told a story about Harves that he reckons he left for work late one day at about 9.30 and Harves is watching TV with the remote, you know, just in there. He yeah. reckons he come back at 5.30, Harves <laughs> is in the exact same spot and still got the remote just flicking channels. Yeah. That's eight hours of TV viewing for yeah, Harvey. Yeah, not surprised. He pro- the chief, Ian Harvey, did his best work later on in the night, I would have thought. On that yeah, he's just saving, he's saving his energy. Like he, the Bundy, which yeah. he did on this tour, um, uh, Hodgie. So, you know, there was a lot of uh, socialising with yeah. a little bit of cricket. So yeah. you had a club team <laughs> and you represent your country. And I just remember... We'd have a meeting after every day's play, and and it was great. You know, Ho- Tom Hogan had mm. set the running sheet, and I remember videoing it and having a good time. And 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 Dutchie, you could see the logical, lovely 
um, Newcastle man, just looking at Ian Harvey. He didn't know who he was at the yeah. start, and and Harves was out doing everything, and and you could see him just looking at him, going, "What are you doing?" And and more and Matt, why are you doing it? There was just general bemusement. There couldn't right. have been two different personalities, right? Yep, Dutchy Holland. So- and yeah. our mate, Ian Harvey. So he didn't know he was the freak at this no. time. And he didn't know that he was partial to biting girls on the ankles later ankles. No, there was there was a right. doggy Harvey was out. Okay. So I, I loved it. But uh, to Dutchie Holland, um, you know, rest in peace. And what a lovely man. And, and, and it's fantastic yep. to have met him. That's great. And, and and his memory will still long live in the great Victorian John Holland, who has the nickname yeah. Dutchie Holland. So... It's good that those legends get passed down and, and, and super for super that. Okay, what about uh, cricket is back in Pakistan. Um, they won the last game, 33 runs over the World Eleven. They won the Series 2-1. First games over there, or international-type games since 2009. Um, there was a lot of... Um, Fan support. The crowds were down a little bit. They said they overpriced them. Like, you know, Why please you do that? just make sure it's packed. There must have been so many fans that wanted to go and, yeah. and watch it because, Absolutely. you know, hearing some reports, cricket's getting played everywhere. You know, there's a vacant block of land. Um, they haven't been able to watch their heroes for, for eight years now. But my question is, Hodges, how much international cricket can there be? You know, it's. For me, it's proceed with caution. You know, it's still such a volatile area. You know, they are trying to set up safe cities, you know, with a lot of surveillance yeah. and security. But I think it's going to be baby steps, isn't it? That, that uh, you know, these drip feed little tours, you know, maybe T20, three T20s yeah. from international teams until you could see a full-blown tour. Well, it is a shame that it was overpriced for the fans because when I played Pakistan uh, Super League in Dubai with Muhammad Afiz was... Pretty clear that we haven't had a home game in, you know, well over a decade. And we, we just assumed as cricketers that, you know, Dubai was now their new home. Of but cricket. it's not. It's yeah. not. It's nothing like that. They still have to go and live in the hotels. They eat different style of foods when they're away. So A, to bring cricket back to Pakistan was great. Um, to charge the, the local punters an overpriced ticket is uh is no good at all. Um, maybe there was some scalpers like there's been at the AFL Richmond. Um, oh, made a bit of cash. I, but, don't, I don't think you'd want to get caught over there. Nah, but look, that's look. It's back in cricket. Um, but I'm with you. We need to proceed with caution. Um, and there was an incident in the Afghanistan in the in the Kabul um, Afghanistan Premier League in Kabul. There was a suicide bomber that yeah. killed four people. Terrible that. to hear that. Um, Dino was incident. over there commentating. Yeah, Dino Dean was Jones. there. Um, Adam Holyoke was there Smoky. doing some coaching. So we need to proceed with caution. Um, what I'd like to touch on is the three Australians that went over there and played in the World Eleven, which was Tim Payne, George Bailey, and, and Ben Cutting. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say, have they put other Australian cricketers just under pressure when a time comes to tour? Um, have they gone in there and put other players under pressure, knowing that we all are part of an ACA unit, um, a part of a union, and and have they put people under pressure to go over there and play if an opportunity comes? Well, I, I hope they would have thought about that. It's not just the Aussies; it's it's every country, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, because Pakistan can quite rightly say that you've had two or three from just about every nation yeah. Yeah. has supported it, and the commentators and everyone. Yeah, so. I would think that each player would have had to have thought about that, the consequences of, of um, getting well paid, but then 
um, the flow-on effect will be, um, of course, there will be some pressure on from Pakistan. Well, there has to, go, to be. Well, you, individuals have come, so why can't the team come? There has to be, and I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, the boss, James Sutherland, probably says, well, we're not going to tour any time shortly. But on the flip side of that, these three players have been given an NOC. They've been given clearance to go and play this game in Pakistan. i tell you what, where Cutsy could play a bit of a role is your social media self-promoter. Yes, i tell you well, what, he's very, very prolific yep, in yep. social media, Cutsy. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit of Aussie rules. Now, the Killers have been announced to play at the oh, AFL Grand Final. How and, good. And I would have thought that's broken a golden rule because they've released what, a no. song in the last... 15 years. Yes. I think generally they've had to be um, not this millennium, some of the Meatloaf and Brian Adams, but a uh, big Killers fan. Yeah. Um, but it got me going, Hodgie. Could it work for the Big Bash final? It could do. Because the Bash finals later, it'd be darker. You know, the bands could work over there. Could work. I, I reckon it's a good idea. I, I think one thing that we have to understand is the AFL have stuffed this up. Every time for the last 10 years. So, yeah. look, I hope the killers... I can do that job. I hope... Here you yeah. go, a Flem, you can work at the AFL. Just yeah. just get the right bands. Get, I go, I can do that. Get anyone yeah. other than someone that's not washed up in the last no. 500 years. That'd be great. And I'm not that big on it. You know, with a, I, I like the day grand final, and I broke for Hawthorne, won three in a row, obviously. Yeah. Um, I never thought once about the band. I just wanted the game to start. It's true. But the Big Bash final has got more opportunity because it's later on at night. I, I reckon, yeah. like, imagine a six o'clock concert. Let, let's go around. If Do you have a preferred um, musical band or, or solo artist that could work in different venues? So what about someone like, uh, what about up in the so if, Brisbane Heat? Okay, so for Brisbane Heat, um, you'd probably have to go for someone localised. I'm dipping Powderfinger. Yes, or a localised band up there which could bring that joint alive. Bernard Fanning. Well, yep. they've got an um, album called Vulture Street. Yep. So that's a no-brainer. Get, no get Powderfinger up there. What about down in Hobart? They like their rock. Are they going to make the final anytime soon? No, but anyway, we'll you've, got to, that, you've got to have um, things in order here. Hobart is probably leaning itself towards a Bogan City. Oh, it's harsh. It's harsh, but... They've got Mona down there. They've got the, they have got the Mona. Yeah, it's a lovely... Upper class. Uh, yep. Well, maybe... Yeah, but that's away from Bell Reve Oval. So, okay. um, yes, the Mona Museum and artwork is beautiful. Beautiful. But that's for tourists. Okay. Okay. So, I'm thinking... I'm thinking some... It was a mistake with the Batmobile, mm. but I think Angry Anderson down yes. there in Tassie can actually lift... And give Hobart exactly what it needs in a big bash. Well, I, I have heard a rumour that the, uh, the, the Batmobile is actually featured in the Mona Museum. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, you heard it first much, here. Yeah, it yeah Angry Anderson in Hobart. What about uh, in Sydney? Sydney? Ooh, tough one. Is this at Greater Western Sydney or just or SCG? Let's okay. just go yeah, with SCG. SCG. I reckon I'll go, you know, if it's greater Western, oh, it's just got to be Jimmy Barnes or Colchers. Or no doubt. No doubt. No but doubt. what about SCG? Because they're a bit. Oh, the culture. Half of them right? don't even like sport, do they? You just turn up because that's what you've got to turn up to. Well, yep. Most of them are from Pennington. Oh, I'm, I'm going with Johnny Diesel yeah. from there. He's. Can I we reckon, do the acoustic? First? Yes. I think it'd have to be acoustic. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I would have thought he's rocked Paddington a few times around there. I like Diesel. A few late nights. We love Diesel. Well, why wouldn't you love him? He's a good-looking man. He's on the tip of your tongue. circuit for there. What about, a, what about the Adelaide Oval? <laughs> 55,000 people. The Strikers are playing at 6 yep. o'clock, and the musical act is? None other than the local Screaming Jets. Boom. Has to be. Dave Gleeson, big cricket fan. One of the most underrated voices in rock, by the way. Well, also heads up Angels as well. He does. My heads it up, but lead singer. <laughs> well, can, they can do the opening. Hey, Dave, if you, if you can punch out six songs, that'd be all right. That'd be great. What about the MC? Gee, eighty-eight thousand well, people. No, for me, put your hands together for the ACDs. Yes, it has to be. Um, and let's be honest, any song that they sing is going to rock the MCG. Doesn't matter whether it's Stars or Renegades, it'll rock. Do we get Axel Rose singing? Uh, no, no. Bring back Brian. Bring back Brian. Bring back Brian. Brian's That's good. the thing. No, I like ACD. What about? And um, there's a good chance it will be there because it seems to be the Big Bash final every year. Yes. At the Wacker, which will now be the Burswood Stadium. I don't yep. know if they've named it yet. Well, they might name it after uh, Justin Langer. They might call. It, they might call it the JL. What are you uh, thinking there? Contract negotiation stadium. Yep. Because how you fit that many good players into that list has got me stuff. We'll have, <laughs> we'll have a few of them if you've got them, please. Eh? We'll have a few of them. No, he's, uh, he's been very successful, Justin Langer. One thing I, w- I would not want, and, I, and I'm a good mate of Justin Langer's, loved him as a player, um, absolutely despised him when he had the jukebox. I hated him because he would put on some of the worst music that's ever been produced. So if he had control, Big Bash Final... It's the uh, the Scorchers versus the, the Renegades or the Stars. The musical act will be either two things. It'll either be Dale Braithwaite with horses. Don't tell We me. win a test match, blah, blah, Don't blah. Don't tell JL me. gets the one. You know, we're rocking around and all of a sudden he puts horses on. Give me a break. The worst one. Sorry? This is a guy horses. who's close to a sixth and martial arts tough yeah. guy. That's why we always say he's a nice fella. Do not want to get on the wrong side of Justin Lane. The other big song he liked was, I don't even have heard of it. It's called Jesse, Jesse, Jesse from a guy called Joshua Catterson. He's got this, you know, he's an absolute Julio. He's talking about his missus going to do a painting and, and they've oh got a cat. My. They want to leave with the cat. I mean, I'd hate to be the cat and oh have to listen to this guy God. sing. It's one of the worst songs ever. Reckon I'll listen to it 80 times. Sorry? JL would put it on. Who's meant to be in control of the rock box when Aussies were playing? Well, Who? the thing is, when I first started, David Boone. Who's Skipper? No, nah, no. Nah, this is this is the only. I don't know when it was when you then, but this is the only dissension I had in the Australian team was the rock box. We had the heavy metal, hard rock guys. Right. Myself, Casper, Dizzy. Yeah. David Boone was a headbanger. Yep. And a legend. So when he played, hard rock was played. Yeah. As soon as he retired, they just threw my Motley Crue CD, Pearl Jam, out the door. We had the pop rock guys, yeah. Warney's, obviously Abba and yep. uh, Ricky Martin, um, Slater, Backstreet Boys. Yeah. But then the, the scary group was Steve Wall, you know, the country and western. Yep. And that's where you got the guys who wanted to get a game. You know, they're going, let's put Johnny Williamson on, you know, let's put such and such on. So um, Justin Langer, you, you can coach, but you can't be the DJ at Burswood Stadium if the Big Bash Final has musical talent. So, I'm sorry. So Justin Langer, who's one of the toughest cricketers Correct. we know. Good guy. 
gets hit in the head for fun, fun. for the Aussies. 82 times. And it's a record. you'd think that's more head-banging than yes, anything. It not, is. Not horses and, and, and Jesse. He does have, um, although he does have four or five daughters, doesn't he? So he, maybe he does. the daughters oh, have played oh, a lot of that music. And I would have thought they're a bit more Katy Perry than yeah, this, this rubbish which I'll he's been tossing. Now, hang on. Now, if that's the way, how on earth is the coach of the side meant to get Damien Fleming, oh, no. Glenn McGrath, Brett Lee, Kasowitz, Gillespie, any of these Cooked quicks up right now. with horses and Jesse? Well, I'm strong on this, Hodge. If you're going to bowl fast, you've got to listen to heavy rock. You have to. And Metallica, uh, chuck in some Motley Crue, um, Systems of the Down. Um, I had an incident in India one tour and, and, and Shane Warne was listening. It got Phil Collins on. I, I think we used to do it in segments. You know what I meant? Like you've got 20 minutes. Yeah. Now, you've got 20 minutes. And, Is this guy Warney would have met Phil Collins? And Warney, I, I think he, he, he put it on Last because time. I was hanging out with Phil or, or PC. I think he called him <laughs> and it was easy. Lover. And, and I went to John Bianchi and the coach. I go, you want me to go out and bowl fast on these flat Indian wickets yeah. and, you know, try and get into them like that. So he didn't really say a word. Eight overs, number 61. Walk off, <laughs> walk straight up, John Buchanan. I go, you're happy? Yeah. You're happy? You're happy. We've got to change this. But So um, I just put my headphones in from then on. Hey, Hodge, just quickly, AFL, who do you reckon is going to win the grand oh, final? Who's winning? Oh, it's going to be tough. I, I'd love I'd love to see the Tigers get Same up Same with me. Um, but Geelong were mighty impressive on the weekend. Uh, but I'm, I'm rooting for the Tigers. There's no doubt. I'll go Tigers. Um, thing is that the grand final, if they make it's on their home ground, but all four teams, they're, they're all so beatable. So I think it's going to be exciting, but we'll go Tigers. Yeah, we're going Tigers. Okay, there was a report from the AFL saying their quickest players, uh, how they would go against Hussein Bolt. The AFL Super Tracker GPS stats said that Jarman Impey from Power and Toby Green from the Giants, their peak sprint on the field was 35.3 kilometres an hour, mm-hmm. which uh, if they ran that for the whole 100 metres would mean they'd run a 10.2 100 right. metre. So they, they were sort of saying, oh, they're only five or six metres off the same bolt. Yeah. However, that's Usain Bolt's quickest 100 metre. Yeah. Usain Bolt's quickest speed is 44.72 kilometres an hour. So he would run an eight-second 100 metre sprint. Yeah. So they, they, he'd win by significantly more than a few metres. Significantly. I've just got I some, think it's about 20 metres. Yeah, and I'd just like to know whether whether a uh, Western Sydney were actually kicking into the wind when Toby Green runs his 35 kilometres an hour. Was it wind-assisted? Oh, good call. Um, it might be. I'd like that information, you know, spot please. spot the stadium. I think there is some air ventilation there yep. that you can be running with the breeze. Yeah, so I want to I have that checked out. Um, but if you're still losing the Usain Bolt ball four or five metres, that's flogging. No. Um, and is are these two players going to be wearing the blades, mm, the football I blades, or are they going to be wearing running spikes? This article from the AFL didn't specify. No. Hey, if we were wearing cricket spikes, who were the cricketers that you would think would have the maximum uh, maximum speed? speed? Well, you'd have to say I'd I'd tip Glenn Maxwell up there. I would have thought Ooh, explosive athlete. Yep, Finch is pretty good over about three meters. Um, who else is pretty quick? Well, in my day, obviously Michael Bevan was the, the Bevo. quickest. Bevo yes. was a, I think he was a sprinter when he was a kid there in Canberra. So Bevo, uh, Ponting, quick off the Ponting mark. Ponting was quick. So Bevan actually had the record for the run of three 
in the yeah. AIS Cricket Academy when it was known me. as that. And my glory was that I actually knocked it off. So I knocked off the great Michael Bevan by okay. 0.002 of a second. I'll put you um, down there. I'll put Hodge there. Yeah, that was my ambition as a young cricketer, just to try and beat Michael Bevan in a run of three. Well, you beat him. Yeah. Now, what about Mr. Cricket's quite quick? Mr. Cricket's quick. Um, look, I, I imagine There's all the There's an underrated guy there. we played with. You know who used to always go quick in that run of three? Who's that? Paul Rifle. Paul Rifle, no way. Laid back. Yep. You wouldn't think so. Very, very good off the mark. Um, and of the modern days, I mentioned him earlier, I reckon MS Stoney would do it pretty good. MSD would be rapid. There was I don't a know guy- if he could do the 100, but the 50 maybe yeah. would be. There's a guy named Jason Armberger who was heavy opening batter for Victoria. Cheese. The cheeseburger was dynamite off his own bat. Yeah, very, very sluggish when you hit the ball. So, well, he might get a mention in my bottom three. So, who, who would you think be in the in the bottom? Oh, bottom three. Um, You're going to mention me, aren't you? I'm going to mention you. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to mention. I ran like Charlie Chaplin. It wasn't helped. No, well, you were. My, actually, you, my biomechanics did not help me. You were known as the giraffe on ice. <laughs> <laughs> For particular reasons, I'm gonna say we we saw the we saw the the, the 80 meter dash between the current Australian cricket oh, coach yeah. Darren Lehman and it was was it Richardson Richardson but Richo was too quick he wasn't that slow no he wasn't so it was probably Buff's, I'd back myself against Buff yeah well I reckon he's definitely in the sluggish eleven I'll go the greatest leg spinner of all time Shame very more. slow. Shame. Very slow. I don't, look, I actually don't think he was slow. He's I slow. think it's got to do with the 96 burners that he's chowed down. His you lungs, that, that his lungs are screaming you know, like hell. What are you well, saying? Bolt's got his, what does he go at KFC or McDonald's <laughs> nuggets? He, he eats all those. Yeah. Um, Joe Angel, Big Joey. Big Joe, yeah. Once Joe did, Angel. Did the yeah. beep test and, and instead of waiting for the beep, he just sprinted the whole time. Yep. I and love he's that. He's going, I've got to get my rhythm, got to get my rhythm. And I think he got to six on the beep test. Yeah, well, that's that was a little bit like the uh, Australian career captain, Steve War. I reckon Steve War was quick between the wickets, but yeah. I remember he only ever got to the to beep eight. test about eight. Just yes. said, oh, so this doesn't teach you how to play a cover drive and walked off. Yeah, and David Boone got to 10 every time, right? So <laughs> there was one time I got really fit. And I got something like 14 and a half, which is quite high. Yeah. Might have won it. But then and then it varied. Like I'd get 14 or 13 and a half, you know, as I got bad knees. So yeah. I'd be getting into trouble. Look at, look, and they go, look at Booney. Look how consistent he is. That's great. Never gets more. And I'm going, yeah, but that's not the point. Surely <laughs> I got the most out of it. So Booney, you're a legend. Slowest one, I reckon, of all time. Oh, Inzamal Al Haq. Inzamal Al Haq. Inzi was a beautiful batsman, but he was the slowest walker out to the middle I, yeah. I ever played against. Actually, the only thing slower from an incoming Inzamal Al Haq was an outgoing Inzamal Al Haq. If well, he got run out, yeah. seriously, the game would be two overs in before he'd actually got off the field. And if you can YouTube. Inzi's run outs. Yeah. It's some of the best nine minutes of your life. That'd be awesome. I right, look, and he would have been slow walking off when you whacked him on the pads too. If you I hit him. I got him out LB once. Yeah. And, and, and we he had to be airlifted. You <laughs> <off> the- <laughs> <laughs> would have waited fifty eight minutes to get your third wicket for your hat trick. I'm going to chuck one more in there, and that's a Juno Runatunga who actually didn't no. run at all. He had no interest. Didn't take the field. Do you know what? I probably played half a dozen one days against a Juno. I can't remember him running. No. Well, he had a oh, runner all the, the time. The closest runner, um, he, he, was, he used to play the ball so late. 
he'd just angle the ball to third man and he'd know he'd have enough time just to walk to the other <laughs> end. So a junior and Inzi, we, we'd love to see a little challenge. Time to get onto the probably our favourite segment, the uh, Social Media Self Promoter mm. Award. And I, and I know, and it's not just cricketers out there, that there's a lot of nervous sportsmen, people who have been um, tweeting out a frenzy of themselves doing stuff um, are now a little bit nervous about sending the send button because yep. they know they can get nominated for this award. They know. And actually, Who have we got this week? Well, unfortunately, they've been a bit diplomatic on the Twitter sphere, on Twitter, so I've had to just scour Instagram. And I've found a couple of beautiful self-promoters, and I'm going to lead I'm going to lead away with um, a person who will be travelling out here shortly with the Ashes with the England team, and that's Stuart Broad. He's a number one nominee. So Stuart was happy just to post a, a photo of himself on Instagram, just showboating that he was heading down to 10 Downing Street just oh, to hang man. out with the, with, with, with the Prime Minister there, um, just hot-nobbing. So Stuart, what, what was the sort of comments there? Oh, I just, just had It was just it. the hair was done nicely yeah. and sunglasses were on. Just sitting in the back of his chauffeur-driven, chauffeur-driven um, Land Rover, um, just saying, I'm just heading down for a casual day at 10 Downing Street. No, that's going to get votes from me. Yep. Um, the other one is um, from an AFL background, and our good friend Russell Robertson. He's a musician these he days. He is a musician. So the great Russell Robertson was just promoting himself with his premiership. Um, he's Doveton Eagles. Oh, Division Three or something. Division yes. Three, Doveton Eagles Premiership Medallion on Instagram, wearing the shirt, wearing the medallion to work, um, promoting that he'd finally won a premiership after twenty years. Okay. And look, great effort, Russell. But some of us aren't lucky enough to win a, a premiership at all. Okay, um, that'll get some votes there. Just well done too, though, Russ. But uh, two what? more, two more nominees. Oh, jeez. Back to the cricket world. Um, and this one is from Andre Russell, the great Dre Russ. Dre Russ. Who's, uh, who's putting out something there that he's four months to go. So he's four months to, to go. To come back to cricket. To come back to cricket. And we can't wait for him because he's a superstar and he's a grand cricketer. Explosive. But what I don't like about Dre Russ is that whilst he has four months to go, the self-promotion of lifting the shirt up after every session he does and showing the world the greatest six-pack oh. known to man is not on for those immortals like us. No, there's a bit of jealousy in this pack. one, but, yep. you know, modesty. Yeah. You're part of the cricketing fraternity. You didn't see Inzaman al-Hakan. They, they they, they, yeah, the greats of the past didn't go do that, just, did they? They just, just went out no, of net. no. Just keep your, keep your clothes down, you know, just keep the package in there and just nah, keep your six-pack yourself because we're certainly jealous. Um, the last nominee is uh, the Australian vice-captain and gloveman, the great Adam Gilchrist, who was happy to point it out that he was just smoozing at the Google headquarters oh, in, in Mountain View, California. Um and look, we know you've got great leadership. He wasn't quality. surfing Google Nothing. on his no. laptop. No, he's actually at. How do you get there? I've no idea. He was invited. I mean, how do you get oh invited to Mountain View, California, to Google headquarters? And Gilly is just saying, "Oh, look what I've just stumbled across here for the day. I'm invited to the headquarters." There's a bit of, of Google. 
there's a there's a bit of this in Gilly. He gets to complain. What's the most powerful position in the world? The most people used to say president of probably. the United States till Trumpy got in there. Probably. Um, because guess what? Adam Gilchrist can do it. It has to. He be. can be the. He can be the most powerful man in the world. I just don't know what role it well, is. He's, 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 he's in Big Bash. He's, he's one of the, the greatest Formula cricketers one. of all time. He's, he's one of the best Google. blokes of all time. Um, he People love him. Yeah. I love him. We all love him. How can you not? Um, keep promoting yourself. But this Gil. sort of self-promotion will will hurt us. Uh, so for the <laughs> so, three, two, ones, Flem, please give it to us. I'm going to give – we want four. I'm going to go um, – I'm going to go Dre Russ four votes. Because he's not yeah. actually playing; he's under suspension. <laughs> yes, and, and, and yeah. you're just layering it up. Yes, you are. I'm going to go three votes for for Brody. Yep. Because um, you know the show for just hot knobbing. You're just hot knobbing. Yep. Um, two to Gill, which is still unbelievable that he's that famous and that big. He can yep. go to Google in the United States. Yep. Who uh, they've got a lot of cricketers, but you know it's not one of their main sports. Yeah. And one vote to Russell Robertson. And a congratulations. That might be his first premiership because they certainly didn't win him at, at, at the D's. No. But well, that's why I wanted to give it to him. It was more of a giving it to him. it's still I worth followed Melbourne for, since I've been born. And you never and you, did for us. And you've gone in for, for, for other sports there. So, Hodgie, well done. That's a self-media, self media, uh, social media self-promoter. And please tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook us for some suggestions as yes. well to help Hodgie out. It's, yep. it's tough work. We need some help. Well, that's the Biology Report. Hodgy, thanks for your insights as well. We'll be back next week. We'll be reviewing. There might be two or three Australian games, India games in between that. England, West Indies, um, 50 over cricket starting. No doubt we'll be looking everywhere for social media self-promoters. Hey, mate, and we're getting a few likes and subscribing. Make sure you do that on iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a review. Leave a comment. But that's the Biology Report. We'll check you out next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.